I'm TJ. And I'm Will. And this is Real, Real Talk, Talk Sports. A lot to come to you today. We've been, we're back after spring break. It just wasn't long enough. It just wasn't long enough. And now we got to go back to Easter break next week. No, uh, we come, apparently, uh, we go away for a week, not expecting much to happen in the sports world, when all of a sudden, our ESPN, the ESPN app on our phones just blow up like crazy with like March Madness and everything. Popcorn goes flying off the couches and everybody's <laughs> home. Man, it's been a great it's been a great tournament. It's very surprising. A lot of people's brackets are busted except for twenty five percent of other people. But the start and free agency's been big here too. Oh yeah. I mean as we get to that, but first the first big topic to discuss women's basketball was not able to attend the women's NIT due to, according to President Bonner, have not having enough funds to host a game at home. What are your thoughts on this, Will? Oh, man. Um, you know, I do think a little bit about this. Um, and uh, I honestly think this is a little unfair, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Because uh, most of the funds go to the football team. And uh, unfortunately, they're not making a lot of progress. Uh, but uh, our women's basketball team, however, actually did pretty good. So overall, I think we actually deserve a chance, and uh, some money actually should have gone to uh, host a game. Well, here's where I have the issue. 44000 per student. Yeah. The teachers are not even paid here well. No. You can't put enough funds to help a women's team that has really done well this year. May I remind you, they upset Liberty this yes, year. Yes, we did. They've upset a lot of big teams, mm -hmm. including Moorhead State. Yes, they lost to Kentucky by 12. But, hey, that was Kentucky women. I mean. Yeah, yeah. And uh, normally when you play against a big school like Kentucky in, not in any sport, you would expect to be dominated by like 20 or 30. But it, we at least kept it, kept it to almost single digits. And another thing I have a problem with is other sports teams do not get what they need like the track team they can't have home track meets because gardner webb's not willing to be able to build two more lanes no and the swimming team they can't qualify for first place because they don't have a diving board so i mean i'm not in that position of bonner i don't know what right. the money does where it goes but i mean you would think if you make close to fifty thousand per student you would think you'd be able to put in and, you know, Richard told me the other day, this is exactly why the football team has to play App State and East Carolina next year. Wait, we have to play East Carolina and App State? Next no, next year, the next two years, we play both. Oh, good, goodness gracious. Oh, yes. And this is exactly also why we have to take on tougher teams as well. This is why we have to play A&T this year and Wyoming. So the football team, even though they get most of the funds in the sports team, they don't even have enough to have a 52 total jerseys. So, again, Will, how do you think it's fair for seniors like Alexis Hill and Tierra Huntsman, Celia Dobbs, who had an amazing year, probably are going to go down in the books for the probably the best women's college players Gardner Webb has had? Oh, uh, you would expect uh, that, you know, they would want to be in that spotlight in the NIT. Sure, it's not, uh, you know, the big tournament, the NCAA women's tournament. But this is actually uh, pretty close to uh, that uh, high up position. It's an honor. Either way, I mean, you're in the end-of-the-year tournament. I would be honored. Yeah, definitely. Well, with that being said, men's baseball upset UNC while we, we were gone as well. Defeated UNC, who is a great baseball team, and they were ranked. And not even only that, UNC didn't score at all. One to nothing. 
Now, the baseball team did lose three straight to Troy. Okay. But they've come back. They beat Wofford. Then they lost to Wofford. Now they're playing Campbell as they start conference play. They're playing Campbell at Campbell in a three-game series. Let's talk about this baseball team. First off, another great another great team who was doing surprisingly well. I mean, we mm-hmm. knew they had a great team, but I didn't expect them to beat teams like UNC. Or Wake Forest. Or Wake Forest, Georgetown. I mean, what do you think of this team? Is this the real deal? Are we talking about a baseball team that could not only win the Big South, but could go to the baseball tournament? You mean the College World Series? The College World Series. You know what I mean. Yeah, I know. Uh, I actually think this team could actually be a big threat, uh, considering on, you know, all the teams they've been. uh, Because if you beat uh, a big school, a big time uh, team like, say, UNC or Wake Forest, then that puts you on the map. uh, Exactly. Um, and, uh, let's see, it was last year that Coastal Carolina won it, right? Yes. And, uh, you know, they're not in the Big South, unfortunately, anymore, because, you know, it would have been an honor to play them. Oh, definitely. Uh, but I feel like this is definitely uh, a time for the Bulldogs to uh, step up and uh, show them, hey, we can uh, be as tough as Coastal Carolina. This is our chance to shine. And it is, and they've got a lot of great teams. Chandler Redman with a batting average of 530 right now. And you've also got seniors, Fox and Daniels, with batting average of 323. The pitchers, like Langdon Wilson, who had a great pitching game against Wofford. In fact, he had 10 strikeouts in that mm. game. So, And he's really coming up. Now that he's having his chance to play, he's really shining. We've got a great team here. I'm excited to see how baseball season comes. And we play App State soon, so I'm ready. I'm excited for that. Okay. All right, softball on a six-game winning streak goes to Radford tomorrow. Softball's been up and down. They upset NC State and then got crushed by NC State the next day. Right. So we already talked about how they're up and down. How does Let's talk about how the softball team goes to play a decent Radford team who's probably at the same level as our softball team as well. Well, uh, this is usually uh, the thing. Whenever you have like a doubleheader or like a two- or three-game uh, series, uh, you, you play the first game and you're absolutely exhausted. Then uh, – uh, not too uh, long later, you have to play the same team again, and uh, you know uh, there, you know uh, you don't have much time to uh, change uh, you, like your strategy. Exactly. And uh, people, people might be saying, uh, "What strategy is there in softball or baseball?" And I'm saying, and I would just say, "Well, there's a lot of strategy you can do, uh, like uh, who who can uh, who can run, who can hit uh, that stuff." Exactly. You also got to think of defense in baseball as well. Yes. How you set up in formation for teams like, for example, Radford is third in the Big South women's softball and home runs. How would you prepare for that? Back back your team up in the outfield more? Close in on the near the shortstop and the uh, bases down below? So with that being said, I mean, I think they have a chance to beat Radford. I think softball women can do well in, in this conference. Mm-hmm. It all depends on, because, you know, Liberty's women is good at baseball. What is not Liberty not good at? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. But I think this is the chance where Liberty women gets dethroned and Gardner-Webb softball takes the throne. I really am excited for this season. Spring sports and track and field is starting back up. This track team has Jalen on their hearts and mind, mm-hmm. wanting to do well this year. So more from that. Going to the NCAA men's tournament. All right, there have been a lot of crazy upsets. First and foremost, UMBC, the 16th seed, the first 16th seed to beat a one, number one seed, beating Virginia, 
And now, 16 seeds are 1 in 135 against number 1 seeds. Now, that's not much to say for it, but hey, you're the only <laughs> team that won. So that's something to say. Loyola, Chicago, upsets Miami. Then knocks off Tennessee. See? And now... They've knocked off... Uh, uh, oh, I forgot who they knocked They off. knocked off... Um, ooh, hold on. Nevada. Nevada, Nevada yeah. who was also a team upsetting teams left to right. Texas A&M destroys Carolina, they get, then gets destroyed themselves. But Marshall shocked the Shockers of Wichita State. Florida State is pulling up upsets everywhere. They just upset Gonzaga last night. They took out number one seed Xavier. Syracuse Orange, three Goliaths. They were David who beat Goliath. They beat TCU, Arizona State, and Michigan State, killing everybody's brackets there. Yep. And last but certainly not least, you talk about Buffalo who knocked out Arizona. So let's talk about what upsets have been surprising to you the most here. Well, uh, I'm, I think I want to address the elephant of the room real quick. Who would have thought that a number 16 team like UMBC would knock off uh, Virginia? And I understand that, you know, Virginia has been struggling a little bit, but they were still pretty dominant. They were number one in the nation for a long time. You want to talk about that crazy defense of theirs. I mean, they were expected to go a long way with that defense. But not only did the UMBC beat Virginia, they demolished them. They, they demolished they, them. They won by like 20. I know. And, you know, UMBC, give them credit for their defense. You know, you're talking oh, about a Virginia team who dominates in the paint. Virginia only made 20 shots in the paint out of the 62 that they took. And, you know, Virginia doesn't take three, so they took, like, 15 threes and only made three of them. So that's really good. And another thing I wanted to address is Loyola. Loyola, Chicago, in the Elite Eight. Those are words I don't think I would ever expect uh, coming out of my mouth. I didn't expect it. You know, I expected them to beat Miami. Something told me they would. But I didn't expect them to beat Tennessee. Or to beat uh, Nevada, who came back from 22 points. To beat Cincinnati. One of my final four teams, I know. <laughs> but this has been this is what I love about in tournament time. You don't know who for sure is going to win. You could pick Kansas to win it all, and the next thing you know, they, they get knocked out by NC State. Yep. I mean, this is crazy. We're talking about two. We're talking about one double-seeded team in the Elite Eight, two number nine seeds in the Elite Eight for the first time since 1984. This is crazy, crazy, and we're going to go to our picks later. First off, Trey Young from Oklahoma and Mo Bamba from Texas, along with DeAndre Ayton from Arizona, declare for the NBA draft. Okay. Three top ten picks. We knew this was going to happen, but how do you fare about these three? I mean, how do you think these three could do in the NBA? Well, obviously, they're going to have some big shoes to fill. I mean, they have done well in college, but the NBA is a whole new level because if you thought that the NCAA was intense, uh, then NBA will only get uh, much tougher as uh, you go down. Because you have to be careful because one injury and your career could be done instantly. Derrick Rose is a perfect example of this. I, um, I'm very nervous about Trey Young here. You know, yes, he's a great shooter, but he turns the ball over a lot. I've seen games where he had 11 turnovers. Mm. And also... Facing hard defensive teams, like, for example, Texas shut him down to 10 points. In the tournament, actually, Rhode Island held Trey Young to 15 points. They held him to zero in the first half. So, 
Trey Young, I feel like he's a little too young. I feel like he would have benefited if he stayed another year. I mean, we've talked about the one-and-done rule before and how much we like and at the same time hate it. But, I mean, I wish good luck to all three of these guys here and more to come, obviously, soon. Now let's go to our picks. First off, tonight, number five, Clemson. Yes, number five, Clemson will take on Devontae Graham and the number one Kansas Jayhawks. Who wins this tonight, Will? Well, Devontae Graham has about 17 points per game, and that obviously puts him on the map in the Big 12. But one of the guys on Kansas that surprised me is Udoka Azubuiki. Yes. You have to excuse me if that sounds incorrect. Uh, six rebounds per game, and I've seen this guy play live before. He is a, a, like kind of a rebounding machine here. And Devontae Graham leads in assists. Uh, uh, meanwhile, for Clemson, Marquis Reed has 15 points uh, per game, and uh, Clemson has just been a very underrated team as of late, but they're going to have their hands full with the Jayhawks. They I'll are. Go, I'll go with Kansas. They, You're right. Clemson does have their hands full, but we're talking about a team that upset UNC and to, um, gave Virginia a very good game in the ACC tournament. We're talking about a team that's been very underrated, but led the nation in steals as well as field goal percentage. This is a very good Clemson team, but I'm going to take Kansas in a very close one, but it's not going to be easy. I mean, Kansas, they're going to have to lock the Tigers in the zoo before it's all said and done. <laughs> Coming up, West Virginia, number five, takes on number one, Villanova. West Virginia has a great defense, and now they can prove it against the number one ranked offense, Villanova. Who wins this one, Will? All right, West Virginia coming off of a huge win over their arch rivals in Marshall. Villanova coming up with a strong win against uh, the Alabama Tide. Uh, Jalen Brunson of uh, the Wildcats has 19 points uh, per game. And he has about four assists. Meanwhile, Jevon Carter for uh, West Virginia has 17 points per game and six assists. Uh, so, obviously, uh, this is going to be a very competitive game. Uh, a game uh, looking at their points it's 86 to 80 over villanova uh i think i shall go with the wildcats on this one love that pick here's what's going to make me take villanova over west virginia villanova okay. holds their opponents on an average of 59 points to where west virginia is 69 both good defenses here i think unless villanova has an off night i don't see them losing this game i'm gonna go with villanova um number 11 syracuse David comes in to take on another Goliath, the Duke Blue Devils, led by Coach Krzyzewski and Grayson Allen, who's had a great tournament so far, you know? So who do you have in this game? Will the Cuse, will Cuse upset Duke, or will the Blue Devils knock down the orange? Okay, so this is going to sound like a really weird comparison, but I wanted to go back a few years ago. Uh, it was the Super Bowl. Saints were playing the Colts. I thought the Colts were going to dominate the Saints. But much to my surprise, the Saints won, and that proves, that made me prove, that made me believe in the underdog, <laughs> and as much as I love to pick the underdog in this situation, uh, Duke has just been on fire as of late. To Marvin Bagley, he has 21 points uh, per game and 11 rebounds, a double-double uh, almost, uh, almost every game, it seems like. Yes. Uh, and uh, Tyus Battle has 19 points uh, per game. And uh, as much as Syracuse is good for knocking off with teams like, say, Michigan State and TCU and Arizona State, 
Duke is just going to be a ton of trouble for them. I'm going to go with the Blue Devils. The last time these two matched, it was a very it was underscored game. I mean, Syracuse's defense was holding. You've got two great coaches here. You got Jim Beheim and you've got Coach Krzyzewski here. This is going to be a well strategized strategized game. Sorry if that sounded wrong. I think Duke wins it, but I don't think they win it easily. No. Number three, Texas Tech Raiders. Man, I didn't think I'd say that name this year. Takes on number two, Purdue Boilers. Now, this is going to be a good one here. These are two top offenses going at it. Who well, wins this one, Will? Well, also, who would have thought that Purdue would be a number two seed? To me, they should have been number one over Xavier. I don't think Xavier mm. really deserved the number one. Probably. But anyway, enough of my biased yeah. opinion. It took a lot. It took a while, but it took, it's Purdue is finally where people think they should be. Uh, Carson Edwards has about 18 uh, points uh, per game, uh, and uh, Keenan Evans of uh, Texas Tech has 17 points uh, per game. Uh, their field goal percentage is about 46%, and uh, Texas Tech coming off with a big win over the Florida Gators. Uh, Purdue uh, beating uh, Butler, which uh, was a fairly good favorite. Uh, I'm going to go with an unusual pick. I shall pick the Red Raiders in an upset. I'm going with Purdue simply because I love how they've played this year. I love how Texas Tech played this year, and I congratulate them. But I think Purdue has the better team in this case. All right, so before we go, I put these two games on here at the last second because okay. when are these two go to the Final Four? Okay. Loyola, Chicago versus Kansas State. Okay, I didn't think I would say that for the South. <laughs> no. Winner of this game goes to the Final Four. Who do you think will win this game on Saturday? This is easily a tough one because these are two – Big underdog teams. In fact, I think Loyal might be the biggest one uh, out of uh, the two. Yes. Uh, Kansas State gave it their all against Kentucky last night. And for them to knock off John Calipari and his Wildcats, mm -hmm. uh, well, they're both the Wildcats. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I think uh, this is one of the toughest decisions. Like, you have to give credit to both teams for making it this far. Um, but I, one of them ha has to win, and one of their and one of their dreams comes to an end. And I say the person, the team to advance, will be Kansas State. I'm gonna go with Loyola here in an upset, and I say that not just because I'm really rooting for them, but I've also looked at how they face teams. You know, Miami and Tennessee, they were well known for defense, but also for three point shooting. And Kansas State is another one of those teams. And Loyola just came in here. And Miami, 43% field goal shooting percentage of the season, 31 against Loyola. My Tennessee, 47, 32 against Loyola. And the team they beat last night, well, I mean, it just shocked me out of anything. I mean, Nevada. Nevada, who has the Martin brothers, who dominate the three-point line. Nevada went from... 35% to 29% in three-point shooting. That's going to be the key here for Loyola, for Loyola to beat Kansas State. I think they can do it. I'm going with the Loyola here. Okay. Florida State up second Zaga last night, and they take on number three, Michigan. Who wins this one, Will? Ooh, this is tough. Michigan is a fairly good favorite. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Florida State is, is a wild card in this situation. Yes. Um... Uh, Let's see. I think I shall go with Michigan in this one. They're hot on momentum, and they dominate Texas A&M, and I think they shall carry that momentum going into this final round of the regionals. I like Florida State, but I'm going to go with Michigan in this one simply because Michigan has been great all year, and it's 
Florida State, you know, they've had to take on two very tough teams. That's really tired them out. Who's to say they won't come into this game super tired? Yeah. I think Machine will take advantage of that. All right. By the way, the women's tournament is going to the Sweet 16. They start today. One notable, a couple of notable games includes number three UCLA women versus number two Texas women. Mm-hmm. Who do you have to win that one? Oh, I think I'll start with Texas in that one. What about Texas A&M women versus number one Notre Dame women? Oh, well, Notre Dame has uh, always been dominant in uh, women's basketball, and not just till you know football and men's basketball. Uh, and the, this is uh, easily their chance to uh, try to get back on the top of the mountain. I'm going to go with the Fighting Irish. I'm going to go with them, too. And uh, because I skipped myself in the last pick, I'm going to go with Texas. Also, your favorite UConn women versus <laughs> my favorite Duke women are playing each other. Obviously, we know UConn is the best best team here. But Duke women's defense is pretty good. Do you think UConn blows Duke out? Or do you think Duke gives them a game? <sighs> Well, uh, the last time uh, that, uh, well, I know that this was like at the Final Four where this happened, but the last time UConn women came this far, they got knocked out, uh, and it shocked the world. And I'm going to try to keep this unbiased, uh, but I think this definitely will be a close uh, game, uh, considering on how well Duke's defense has been playing, but I think uh, UConn will win. I think UConn women win simply because... They have a great coach who who's played these types of games before. They've played great defensive teams like Duke, and they've prevailed every single time except for last year. So I think UConn women win this one. Let's go to NBA real quick before we go to NFL. First off, KD will miss two weeks after rib injury. How will this affect the Warriors? Hmm. Well, the Warriors have been kind of a little bit on an up and down hill as of late. Yeah. Um, because uh, whenever one of their uh, players goes out, they, they could either win without them, or they could lose terribly without them. Yes. Um, so I think this could definitely uh, hurt uh, the Warriors' the chances. It could probably knock them, knock them further down in the uh, Western Conference. Uh, yeah. I'm very, you know, we saw that when they lost Stephen Curry, they really struggled, and they lost him for two weeks. Now you lose another top shooter, and, you know, the Warriors, to me, they're overrated, and yet they're not overrated because they have a great team, but they can't beat everybody. Right. I really think the Rockets are better than them, but I love KD, and I'm sad to see this, and, you know, good luck to the Warriors, and I hope KD recovers sooner than later. Yeah. Cavaliers coach Tyron Lue has been having health issues. As a result, he's going to take a break from coaching for a while. So assistant coach will step up. What do you think about this, Will? I mean, this is very sad to hear, actually. It is very sad to hear, but especially since, you know, this is crunch time. We're getting close to the end of the season. Playoff time is coming. Yeah. And for the head coach uh, of uh, a bit of a struggling uh, franchise to to leave due to health issues, as important as your health is, this is just going to hurt the Cavaliers big time. And you know, a lot of people I've heard say, oh, it's not going to make any difference. LeBron will probably just coach the team like he always does. But when you don't have that important, you have to think, Tyron Lue has a strong relationship with these players. Yeah. They're like a father. to He's like a father to them. Mm-hmm. And I've heard LeBron James even say that. So this is going to really affect them, I think. I think, especially it's the worst time scenario because, you know, the Cavs are not even number one. They're behind the Celtics and Raptors. Yeah. For the first time, we don't see LeBron number one seed. 
I think that they'll fight through it, but it's not going to be easy, especially since Kyle Korver will also take a leave of absence because his brother was suffered a horrible death. Mm-hmm. Very so. All our wishes to Kyle Korver. Do you have anything to say about this? How bad? Uh, well, him? obviously, when you know this happens, uh, and you obviously have to take need to take some time off, you know, as much time as you need. Exactly. Uh, and Kyle Korver, he's done a lot for the NBA. Uh, I think he could go down as one of the best three-point shooters uh, of the modern era. Yeah, I agree. Before we go to our picks, um, predictions to win MVP other than James Harden, LeBron. <laughs> other than James Harden, LeBron. Who do you think would also had a big chance to win MVP? Uh, I wanted to say Kawhi Leonard, but he but he gets injured so much. So unfortunately, I think that rules him out. Which leaves me with my number two choice, which is Giannis from the Bucks, like because uh, this guy has been on a roll, and the Bucks have. Uh, who would have thought that the Bucks would be where they are right now? I, exactly, I like that, but I'm gonna go with Anthony Davis. Okay, Davis. We'll edit that out. All right, so Anthony Davis is carrying this Pelicans team on his back. He's done a lot of great job, great job, with despite the absence of Demarcus Cousins, who has a torn Achilles. I think if you overlook Anthony Davis, then the NBA is rigged and not giving him. I do. I mean, this man nope. has 31 points of an average. I'm not uh, saying I doubt <laughs> Anthony Davis. I think he's very talented. I do too. Even though I wasn't a big fan of him at Kentucky, I, I think he's an outstanding player. He's really shown himself to me. And I think I, I've kind of liked the guy. I really think he has the talent to go far and become, you know, maybe one day a Hall of Famer, you know? Yeah. All right. To the only good, decent game I could find for the NBA. <laughs> The Trailblazers, Damian Lillard, led by Damian Lillard, are on a 12-game winning streak. They take on the Celtics, who are back on a winning streak after having a three-game skid. Kyrie Irving versus Damian Lillard. Who wins this? Oh, boy, this is tough because Trailblazers, they've been, uh, like, uh, on fire as of late. Celtics, uh, on and off. Like, the only team in the East that I know that is doing really well is Toronto. Uh, but the Celtics, who knows? They might surprise us. Uh, I say they start uh, now. I shall go with uh, Kyrie Irving to uh, lead Boston to a victory. I do, too. I, I, I hate to see this, but Trailblazers' streak might come to an end tonight. I'm going to go with the Celtics. Now we're going to the NFL to finish off the show. First off, major deals, including Kirk Cousins, leaves the Redskins and signs with the Vikings for a three-year deal for more than $35 million. So what did the Vikings do? Oh, they didn't even keep a backup for him. They got rid of Case Keenum. They got rid of Case Keenum, Sam Bradford, and Teddy Bridgewater. Keenum goes to Denver. Bradford went to the Cardinals. And Bridgewater goes to the Jets. How do you feel about that, by the way? Jets picking up Bridgewater. I honestly have mixed feelings about this. Because uh, Bridgewater has just been hurt a lot. Um, he might do okay. But considering that, you know, uh, the Jets have re-signed Josh McCown, it looks like that... So what, what's going to happen is that the Jets are going to have McCown, Bridgewater, and likely a rookie who they're going to pick uh, with the third overall pick. And I think that's going to be either Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold. That might be a little bit uh, tough. Uh, uh, I would probably go with – I keep I talked to my dad and my sister about this. And yeah. I, and I asked them, you know, what do you guys think is the best decision? And they kept saying Josh Allen uh, from Wyoming. You know, that's a great pick because his arm strength is amazing. Mm-hmm. And compared to Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen can throw the ball further. And compared to Sam Darnold, Josh Allen is more accurate mm-hmm. and less likely to turn the ball over. Oh, yeah. Also, you know, I want to know what's crazy, though. The Redskins, 
they have Alex Smith now. So who do you think will benefit better, Cousins or Alex Smith? Well, that's honestly a tough to call because uh, the offensive coach for the Vikings left, right? Correct. Yeah, so that's going to throw the Vikings a little bit off course. Uh, and with dealing with a, a guy like Kirk Cousins, we they the Vikings don't know what to do uh, right now. Well, I mean, they don't really have many. I mean, name a receiver that Cousins has to work with. They lost Mike Wallace. He's with the Eagles. Now. Mike Wallace. Uh, yeah, they lost just about almost everybody. Except Adam Thielen. They still have him, and yeah. he's pretty good. I mean, well, I, I, also, to me, Kirk Cousins is a little overrated. Okay. So I don't expect him to bring the Vikings far, but I do expect him to make him a playoff team. Yeah. Also, wide receiver Jordy Nelson left the Packers and went to the Raiders along with Doug Martin. So what does this mean? They got rid of Michael Crabtree, and Crabtree ends up signing with the Ravens. What do you think of this? Jordy Nelson to the Raiders now, and not to mention Doug Martin. This is big for Derek Carr. I mean, John Gruden is making some moves here. Obviously, uh, I have to give respect to John Gruden. He's one of the smartest guy, the smartest football coaches I've seen in a little while. Definitely, I, th I think, I think he knew once Jordy was available, he knew to go after him, and he also knew this could benefit Derek Carr to go with Amari Cooper as well. This is a great Raiders team. I'm really excited for this season. The soon-to-be uh, Las Vegas Raiders. I know. Also, Richard Sherman left. You know, we talked about Michael Bennett going to the Eagles. Yeah, but well, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sherman left the Seattle as well, and now he signed with the 49ers for three years just so he could play against Seattle. That's the only reason why he said he signed with them. Did he really? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, honestly, you know, the 49ers have a great, are starting to build a good team here, and... It what do you, well, let's get your opinion. I haven't allowed you to speak. No, it's, so. all, it's all good. Uh, I think this is big for the 49ers because they seem to have been building this uh, team around Jimmy Garoppolo. And as much as he's been improving and uh, helping this team out, you can't revolve the entire team around this one man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. when you brought in Richard Sherman, who helped the Seahawks get to a Super Bowl. Two. Two Thrills. Well, a Super Bowl win, I'm talking about. Oh, <laughs> And not only did they reach through a win, they dominated the competition. Oh, definitely. And I think um, also John Lynch is really doing well helping the 49ers. You know, he's the new GM now. And okay. He's really, he picked up Jimmy Garoppolo. He said, give me Garoppolo or I'll try to get Brady. And <laughs> so Belichick's like, here, take Garoppolo. And what does he do? He uses him to go 5-0 and at the end of the season. Five wins in a row. And that, that – I'm just going to say it right now. That just might uh, make uh, the 49ers a threat right now. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, for you to win five games in a row with a brand spanking new quarterback, uh, that obviously means you're doing something right. And their offense looks well. They just need an offensive line. Their defense is building. I'm excited. Finally, Jimmy Graham goes to the Packers. Once again, Graham is bouncing around, and now he's with Aaron Rodgers. Do you think this will work out? Uh, possibly. This is likely going to be, like, you know, the replacement for Jory Nelson. Uh, but, you know, nobody can replace Jory Nelson. Well, you can't. And plus, Graham gets hurt too much, in my opinion. Yeah. He needs to stay healthy. Mm hmm And other news before we end, Joe Thomas. Just when the Browns were building up, you know, the Browns, they went out and got Tyrod Taylor. They also went out and they've got a great receiver set. I, who, I forget the receiver they signed, though. They yeah. signed, like, a really good receiver. Yeah. Oh, Jarvis Landry. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And plus, they took some players from the Packers. Yeah. They have their team set. They don't look like they're going to go winless this year. But what happens? Joe Thomas retires after 11 seasons. 
what is your thoughts on this? This is obviously a future Hall of Famer, despite yeah. the fact the Browns stunk well, during his career. The Browns are obviously making some big moves here. Yeah. And in order to make a big move to improve, you have to, like, you know, let some people go. Well, this was surprising. The Browns didn't even know he was going to do this. Well, yeah. But uh, for Joe Thomas to uh, leave, uh, who left an impact on this uh, franchise, um, this obviously means that uh, the Brown this gives the Browns a huge opportunity to like improve greatly. I agree too, and you know, also I think that you know, Joe Thomas was a great leader, and now it's time for someone to step up. The question is, who is it going to be? Hmm. Also, Danny Woodhead running back for the Chargers after leaving the Ravens, retires as well. You know, the man, he started out well, got injured. Now he's decided to save his body and retire from the sport. It's probably a good idea because football, you get in, football is like one of the most uh, violent sports uh, there is. Exactly. And uh, the chances of an injury, even with all that padding and the helmet, uh, it's still a good chance. It's why Troy Aikman retired early. Because of the concussions he got. Yeah, isn't that also why uh, Joe Theismann had to... Uh, yeah, that's why he retired, to save him. Because yeah, he but, was, if I'm not mistaken, at the time, he was, his wife was expecting. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to be healthy for his kids. Kind of like what Calvin Johnson did. Yeah, and uh, plus he had... Uh, oh, an, an, possibly... Uh, I, I think it was also a career-ending injury when uh, he got sacked by Lawrence Taylor. That Oh, happened. yeah. that And, you know, he wanted to come back. And then, but his also... His wife was expecting. He didn't see the need to come back as well. Right. So obviously, you know, very that was a very sad moment too. Mm-hmm. All right. With that being said, um, last thing, Tyron Matthew signs with the Texans. He joins JJ Watt. What do you think of this Texans defense? Obviously, this is gonna beef up the Texans' uh, defense. They still have a little bit of work to do. Maybe on offense a little bit more, but uh, defense they seem to be looking fairly solid. Definitely. With that being said, I'm TJ and I'm Will, and this was Real, Real Talk, Talk Sports. Sports. See you soon.